right, good morning, Word of Grace. Uh, I hope you have a pen and a notebook because uh, although I'm preaching a sermon, this is going to be a little workbook type sermon where there is something for you to do as well. All right, so, so do that. Now, uh, my apologies to those who attended the RB leadership training yesterday. This is uh, going to be a repeat of what I did yesterday because I just felt it was so helpful and from the feedback that I got from you guys that they said, Word of Grace needs to hear this as well. Okay, so I'm, I'm sharing with you. Now, you know, in, in life, everything living grows. If you're living, you are growing. Look at your table, look at the chair, you know, those things don't grow. They are inanimate all, but living things grow. And uh, Jesus, although he was fully God and fully man, when he came upon this earth, do, do you know that Jesus also grew? We, we see in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus was born as a baby. Luke chapter 2, verse 6. He says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she, that's Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And that was the birth of Jesus. But what, what happened to Jesus? Was he just like that? Look, look at Luke chapter 2, verse uh, th 39. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Okay. So in Luke chapter 2, we see, uh, first of all, Jesus was born. Okay, We see in verse 21, on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus. So we see him at, at birth, we see him at the eighth day, and then we see in verse 22, where he's presented in the temple, and that's in the, on the 40th day. Okay, So we see the progression of Jesus, birth, eighth day, 40th day, and, uh, and what happens to Jesus? Verse 40, the one I just read says, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus grew in wisdom, in strength, and he grew. Okay. In, in, in uh, the same chapter, in verse 42, when he was 12 years old, then we see Jesus suddenly, in that just one chapter, he's going to 12 years old. And uh, we know the story about Jesus and his, and his parents in the temple where they had gone to Jerusalem for a feast, and Jesus stayed back. His parents returned, and on the way back, they said, hey, where is Jesus? And they came back to Jerusalem, and they found him in the temple. And uh, at the end of this, in verse 51, it says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them, that's with Mary and Joseph, and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And verse 52, our key verse says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and men. Okay, Jesus, the Son of God, became man, and he had to grow in wisdom, that's mentally, in stature, that's physically, in favor with God, that's spiritually, and in favor with men, that's relationally. Okay, those are four dimensions of Jesus's growth. Let me say them again. Mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally. And uh, this morning, I'm going to share with you seven dimensions. I've got three more that I've added, okay? And uh, th those seven dimensions are what I'd like you to put forth as your blueprint for 2022. Like, it's a blueprint. And what exactly is this? It's, it's just imagine. Now, Jesus is a perfect 10, okay? Imagine we're all at a five, 
That's our level. We are five, Jesus is 10. Now, if we want to grow and we should want to grow, okay, there's something we've got to do. And so as I look at these seven dimensions this morning, we're saying what is one or two things you can do in each of these dimensions that will move you over the next 30 days or the next 60 days from a five to a six. Okay, five to a six. So that's what we're going to aim for. Uh, can we share the PowerPoint? Yeah. Now, in order to help you um, see these verses easily, I've, uh, I've put an acronym and it's called IMPRESS. Okay, it's IMPRESS and they're different, uh, you know, like spiritually, relationally, and, and so forth, different uh, dimensions. But before we move on, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for our time this morning, for gracing us with your presence. I commit this word into your hands. May your anointing and grace be upon me as I proclaim your truth and uh, open our hearts and our ears to hear the word and to, uh, and to understand it and to obey it and to grow to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so, so let's look at these uh, seven dimensions. The first one I want to talk about is physically. Okay, Jesus, it says here twice, Jesus grew and became strong. And then it says Jesus grew in wisdom and, and in stature. Okay, so physically, physical growth is important. Now, wh why is it important for us to grow physically? Okay, the reason being this. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, imagine the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, the temple was kept clean. The temple was maintained, you know, and it was held with great reverence. How do we treat our bodies? You know, do, do we take now, some, uh, some, sometimes Christians can get super spiritual. We, we take care of our spirits. We say, I'll pray, I'll, I'll, I'll do all these things, but, but we neglect our bodies. Okay, but the, the Bible and Jesus places a high emphasis even on the body. Okay, this is, the body is not unimportant, but it is important. And, uh, you know, sometimes people have a life-defining moment. When they do a test and they get some high results of cholesterol or sugar or something else, and they say, oh no, I better do something about this. Okay, and so my, my thing to us this morning is, before such a thing happens, let's start taking care of this body Okay, we're not like the world out there which wants to take care of the body for the body's sake, you know, seeking after beauty and biceps and all those things. But we're saying this body belongs to the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm taking care of it. Okay. Now, now often we joke about these things, don't we? You know, uh, like we can joke about eating and diets and we can say, you know, somebody said this, I I'm on a seafood diet. You know what a seafood diet is? I, the moment I see food, I start eating. I see food and I eat it. You know? Or I'm a light eater. The moment it gets light, I start eating. <laughs> you know, so, so, so we can make all these uh, jokes about dieting and this thing. But, but we still have got to stay healthy because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And here are some of the things I'd like to share with you. Number one, each of us needs to exercise. Okay? And uh, so Blueprint 2020, what is it that you can do to keep God's temple in good shape? Maybe you can walk, you can jog, you can cycle, you can go to a gym, but do something physical. 
You see, Jesus never had a kinetic Honda or a car or a rickshaw or an Uber. He walked most places. So he was in fit shape. Okay, so we need to exercise. The second thing we need to do is we need to diet. Now, in our, in our church, there are several people I know who are onto different kinds of diets. Wonderful, because they realize, hey, and, and you can see the results. You know, they've lost weight, looking better. Wonderful. And uh, so diet is important. And part of, and I'm also on some kinds of diet, but what, what, we need to be careful what we ingest, okay? So now I'm sharing this, but before you follow it, you check with your doctor, your whatever, but you need to avoid sugars. You need to avoid carbohydrates. Okay, you need to eat healthy. Sugar is deadly. It's very, very unhealthy. And, and the reason we have obese people and so much diabetes in our nation and in the world is because so much of the food we eat, 60, 70, 80% of it is just made of sugar and carbohydrates. So, so we need to eat, eat healthy, more vegetables, proteins, and fats. Okay. And uh, th that is my advice on, on, on diets there. And I'll tell you what I'm doing. Personally, I have started an intermittent fasting and a partial keto diet. That means I now more, most days I just have two meals a day and uh, I cut, I've cut down sugars and carbs and focusing more on fats and proteins. Okay, so eating healthy and uh, that's that. Okay, the third aspect of, of keeping healthy is fasting. Okay. Now, I, I didn't realize this, you know, but, but uh, fasting, apart from spiritual benefits, has great physical benefits. Okay, the Bible is full of examples of people fasting. Jesus fasted. Moses fasted. Daniel fasted. You know, personally for me, for the last, I think, 40 years I've been fasting. And I've been fasting just one day a week. But as I've been getting onto this dieting thing and look at watching my uh, diet and health, and I read about fasting. They said fasting is very healthy. It helps rebuild the body. So I want to encourage you this uh, this morning. What is one thing that you will do to move from a five to a six physically? Because physical activity will keep you mentally alert. It'll increase your lifespan. It'll relieve stress. You'll be more mobile and you're taking care of God's temple. So think about it. What is one thing that you're going to do over the, that you're going to start doing that will move you from a five to a six? For example, if there's no exercise in your life, just say, listen, I'm going to walk. Okay. If you've been gorging yourselves on all the Christmas sweets and the cakes and the, you know, uh, sugary things, say, listen, I'm going to reduce or cut out sugars in, in our home and, and so forth. Okay. Let's. See the next dimension. One is physically. The next thing that Jesus, and so you can put down that I commit to do these things in the next 30 days to take me from a five to a six. Put that down, your blueprint for this. But the next thing is mentally. Okay. Jesus grew in wisdom, and that was Jesus grew mentally. We too need to grow mentally. Okay. And uh, what exactly is wisdom? Well, it's this wisdom is applied knowledge, okay? What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? This is the difference. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. That's knowledge. What is wisdom? Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Did you get that? Knowledge, tomato is a fruit. 
Wisdom, don't put it in a fruit salad. Okay, so, so we need to grow in knowledge. We need to grow in wisdom. And uh, I was sharing with the leaders yesterday that leaders are readers. We need, our mind is like a muscle. And we need to grow that muscle just like you go to the gym to grow your physical muscles. We need to read and engage our mind in order to grow our mental muscles. Okay, let me ask you, when was the last time you read a book? Okay, a book is something like this. This is what a book is. Today, people, younger people may not even know what a book is, but you know, they're all the time on the phone or things like that. But books, okay, books expand your mind. And there are thousands, if not millions of books available to us very easily today. And as we read, we, we will grow in our God-given capacity. Okay? So I want to encourage you to read. I'm so thrilled with my darling daughter, Jessica. You know, uh, She's 20. And the year before last, she read 62 books in the year. Last year, she read 42 books. Wow. Amazing. Okay, well done, Jessica. And so I want to encourage each of us. Listen, read. I confess that I've become a video watcher rather than a book reader. But, you know, this blueprint that I'm doing is I'm committing to increasing my reading as well. Okay. Now, how do we expand the mind? So we fill our mind with knowledge. You know, for example, next, in a couple of weeks, we are having this thing on the doctrine of God. Wow. Hey, Come and be part of that. Expand your mind about what God is like because you're going to spend eternity with Him. Then, how else can we expand our mind? Learn something new. There are new things being invented every day. So learn something new. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe something in your workplace. You may be a housewife at home. You know, learn a new dish. Learn something new. And uh, that, that is so good. You know, one of the things I'm learning, I'm learning many different things, but just one of the things I'm learning is cooking, you know, learning to cook different dishes. And, and that just helps me just unwind and relax. You find something that you can learn and, and grow your mind. And all these things result in us growing in wisdom and in knowledge. So, of course, without it goes without saying we need to fill our minds with God's word and the truth about God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, wonderful verse, it's when Solomon becomes king and uh, God appears to Solomon wow, when he becomes king and God says to him in verse 7, 2 Chronicles 1 verse 7, that night God appeared to Solomon and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Imagine if God came to you and said, give me, ask me something, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. What did Solomon say? Solomon answered God, you have shown great kindness to my father, David, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father, David, be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Okay. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Solomon asked not for riches, not for fame, not for the death of his enemies. He said, give me knowledge and wisdom. And how did God respond to him? He says this, verse 11, Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth or riches or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, 
And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. Okay? And I will also give you wealth and riches and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. He was the richest king who ever lived. Wow. He was the wisest man who ever lived. <coughs> so let's be a people who ask for wisdom. Okay. In, in James it says, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give generously. Okay. So let's build ourselves up in this dimension of mentally. How can we grow mentally in the next 30, 60 days? Jesus grew in wisdom. You and I need to grow in wisdom. Okay, but we need to do something. Commit yourself to doing something. What am I going to do? Make a commitment. You know, I'll read a book, maybe one a month, one in two months, but I'll start reading. I'll read for 10 minutes every day. Okay, I'll fill my mind with some truths of scripture. I'll listen to some messages. Okay, and uh, because we can spend hours watching movies, but we struggle watching, listening to God's word. So think of something you can do to grow mentally. Take up a new hobby. Learn something new, maybe in your workspace, you know, in your work in, in your work sphere. All right. The third dimension we're going to look at is growing spiritually. Okay? And, and Jesus grew in favor with God. That's what it means. It means he grew spiritually. Now, we are spiritual beings. God has made us to have a relationship with him. And we grow spiritually in two ways. Well, one, we grow spiritually by knowing about God. Okay, and that comes from reading the word, studying the word, listening to messages. We hear what God is like. And the second aspect of growing spiritually is we, we just don't know. You, you can know about somebody, but not know them. And so what we do here is now we want to spend time speaking and communicating with God in prayer. Okay, not just speaking, but even listening to his voice. And so growing in knowing God. What does God want? What does God think about this or about that? And uh, we need to do that. Now, here is something new maybe for you. You need to make a name for yourself. What am I saying? You need to make a name for yourself. I'm not talking about a name in the natural. No, we're not talking about fame on earth. We're talking about a name in the spiritual realm where because of your relationship with God, God knows you and the devil and his Forces of darkness know you as a child, as a son of God, as a daughter of God. You know, in Acts 19, verse 11, there was some, uh, this is what happened. Look at the Apostle Paul. Acts 19, verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Wow, Paul anointed by God. So that even the handkerchiefs, can you imagine taking a handkerchief like this and giving it to somebody who's sick? And they are healed. That even the handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. I'm longing to see that same power in our lives, in the lives of the church. Verse 13 tells us that some Jews went around driving out evil spirits and tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know. The evil spirit said, I know about Paul, but who are you? 
You see, Paul had made a name in the spiritual realm. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. One man overpowered seven people. Okay? Now, when I'm saying make a name for yourself, that's in the spiritual realm. Where you have such a wonderful, growing relationship with God. You're living a life of holiness and grace that the evil spirits also know about you. Okay? One of the ways to foster this is the spiritual disciplines, where we are daily feeding on God's word. Yeah, we've got we've taught over the years. We've taught different aspects, soap and acts and all kinds of things, where you're feeding on God's word, where we are spending time in prayer. And as we feed our spirits, we will grow. Second Peter three eighteen says, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." That's a command. Are you growing daily? Okay, so let's take a moment right now to commit. What am I going to do over the next 30 days? You may say, hey, I'm going to start reading one chapter of the Bible every day. I'm going to memorize a verse a week. Okay, I'm going to listen to, you know, Joyce Meyer or some video that will build me up. I'm going to start doing a study, something. But we are building ourselves up spiritually. I'm going to start speaking in tongues. You know, and on a regular basis, I'm going to pray. Let's be, let's grow spiritually in favor with God, just as Jesus grew. Okay, we go on to the next dimension, which is relational. Okay, and uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, well, what do I mean by relational? Okay, and this is what I mean by relational. We are relational beings. Just think about this. Okay, God has created us for a purpose, and that purpose is, is, is you know is to live with other men and women in love and unity. When when God created Adam, He said it is not good for man to live to be alone, and He created Eve. Okay, now Jesus had favor with God, and He had favor with man. In John 17, verse 3, it says, Eternal life is this, is knowing God. Earthly life is knowing other men and women. Imagine, if you had everything you ever desired, let's say, or, or you know, you were the richest man or woman on earth, living in a palace with all kinds of cars and everything, money and everything, but there was not a single person in the world. Would you be happy? Okay, we get our happiness from God, of course, but also from people and from relationships. Okay, and so this is what we need to do. Examine the relationships in your life. You know, start with your family. Okay, if you're married, think about your husband and your wife, your relationship. If you're a parent with your children or your in-laws and uh, your brothers, your sisters, your grandchildren, and say, how are you relating how are your relationships in the family? Okay. And the worst thing that can happen is when family relationships break down. Okay. Do you have friends? Okay. And uh, are you cultivating friends? Friends are so important. Now, some friends come for a season and then they move on. Some for a reason and some are there for a lifetime. Okay. And so we need to make sure that we have friends. 
Do, there was a verse shared earlier, John 30, 30, you know, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Relationships are where we demonstrate our love. And it can be relationships in the family, relationships in the church, relationships at work, relationships in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, we are constantly in relationships. And what we need to do in any relationship is it's got to be a transformational transformational action where as you're interacting with people you are impacting them with love okay what are you looking for this is you're saying can i serve this person can i encourage this person in some way can i respect and honor this person can i thank you're looking all the time to build that relationship you know it's as simple as this when you're uh, entering a lift you can respect and honor somebody by just opening the lift doors and letting the people go through. When the watchman opens the doors for you, you can honor him by just saying thank you. Yeah? And this can be multiplied into every relationship. Okay, so think about this. Well, maybe there are friends from the past or the others who you, you, know, you were friends before, but you're not in touch with them. Can you do something to reconnect or with relatives? Okay. Or with people in the church. How can you grow in your relationship? Okay. And uh, so Jesus grew in favor with God. But he also grew in favor with man. Okay. Spiritual growth is growing in relationship with people. Okay. Enjoying, sharing, loving and encouraging. Okay. So ask yourself this question. You know, what can I, what is one thing that I can do over the next 30 days? to grow in my relationship with people around me, in my workplace, in my family, in the church. Um, you know, yesterday at the leaders meeting, one of the leaders shared, you know, my relationship with my son is not so great. I'm going to take him out. We're going to have a meal together and just spend some time. It was very honest and vulnerable of him to share that. And uh, we need to examine where is the weakness in our lives and how can we build that relationship. Okay, let's move on. The E is emotionally. Okay, and uh, emotions are, are very, very important. Okay, because feelings are important. Okay? Now, this is the thing. When you ask men, how are you feeling? They are clueless, generally. I'm like that, you know. Uh, women are more in touch with their feelings. They, they know what they are feeling. They know what you are feeling. <laughs> okay, but... Uh, but, 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 but for men, they say feeling, I don't know, you know, we're not feeling people, we're more factual people. But, but feelings are important, okay? And how we make others feel is also important. So we need to have an emotional awareness and emotional management, you know? Because through feelings, we can make, people can make us mad, they can make us sad, they can make us laugh, they can make us cry, okay? Uh, a stranger can hurt your feelings. So, so feelings are important. You know, most major decisions we make, you know, are, are made based on feelings. Now, think about it. Whom did you marry? I'm sure your feelings were very much involved in that. Okay. Uh, which house you moved into or bought or rented. These are all feeling decisions. I feel something. People join a church or leave a church based on feelings. Remember last, the last GLS where Shola Richards said, he says, you know, 
Some people make you feel good when they walk into a room. And some people make you feel good when they leave a room. What kind of person do you want to be? And uh, so we need to be aware of our feelings. We need to know, we need to be aware of how other people are experiencing us. We may be unaware of that, but other people may not be experiencing us well, or they may be experiencing us very well. Okay? And uh, so feelings control our relationships. Now, Jesus, our model, had feelings. In John 11.35, when Lazarus died, and when he was at Lazarus's tomb, Jesus wept. Okay, so for the men here, I want to say, it's not wrong to show your feelings. Yeah, sometimes there is this macho image that is portrayed in Bollywood and Hollywood that men don't cry or don't show their feelings. But Jesus cried. He wept. Okay, so feel free to weep, men and women. You know, we need to feel. Uh, yeah. And the next thing is, not, not just wept, but in jo Matthew 1, 14, okay, when um, John the Baptist was put into prison, this is Jesus' second cousin, was put into prison, and Jesus knew he was going to die. But what did Jesus do? Let's turn to Matthew 1, verse 14. Okay. I'm sure Jesus must have felt something. Sorry, is this Matthew 1, verse 14? No, not 4. Okay, it's 11, verse 14. Uh, Matthew 11, not 14. Matthew 11, after verse 1. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12, his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard it in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you heard and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall on account of me. What did Jesus do? Even though John the Baptist was in prison, Jesus continued, Jesus continued with preaching and teaching. Okay? It's, it's Mark 1 verse 14. That was the verse, not Matthew. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. So emotionally, as we hear about all that is happening. Oh, sorry, not able to see me. My Okay, my, my phone must have died. Okay. Uh, so um, when John was put into prison, yeah, how did Jesus react? I'm sure he must have felt sad, but he continued. He pressed on with proclaiming the gospel and the kingdom. And for us, emotionally, you know, every time I hear about Christians being persecuted in our land, people being, pastors being put into prison, churches being attacked, you know, missionaries of charity and others, all the things happening, you know, I'm pained. I'm sure you are pained as well. But our response should be, let's proclaim the gospel. Let's do what we are called to do and we, what we can do. Okay? So let's be emotionally aware of ourselves and let's look at what is one thing that you can do now to get your emotions in order? You need to be aware of how you're feeling, aware of how you're responding with your emotions. Okay, And uh, you know, there are some of us who can be very emotionally driven. 
Yeah, and, and we are when we are high, we're very high, very happy. When we are down, it's very bad. We call them moody people. Okay, we're not to be moody people. Okay, we've got to be fact-based. Okay, the emotions are there. They are under the control of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what we have got to do. Okay, let's move on. The next dimension that we need to move on to is succession. What does succession mean? Okay, this is what it sorry. This is what it means. Uh, you know, we're not going to live on this earth forever. One day we will move on. Somebody else will take our place wherever we are going, and uh, and and, that, and that's going to happen. Okay, but what what do we need to do is we need to say, hey, how am I preparing things so that when I move on, somebody else, who can I pass things on to? Think about whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing, okay, you may be in the church doing something, you may be in your work doing something, you know, but you're asking yourself, who can I pass it on to? In 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul writes, he says, in the thing, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will in turn teach others, okay, four generations. The kingdom is all about succession. It's about passing on. Jesus passed on to his disciples. His disciples passed on to their disciples and it has reached us. Okay? We are called to make disciples and to pass on. It's a very sad thing is, is if we pass on without passing on. Get it? So we need to pass on. So you need to ask yourself, what is it that I can do that I'm currently doing that I know that God has given me that I can teach somebody else, that I can invest into somebody else, okay? To think about whatever skill you have learned, whatever you've done, okay? You've learned it from somebody who has learned it from somebody who's learned it from somebody, okay? So passing on is investing in the next generation. What is it that you can pass on? Who is it that you can pass something on to. Now, sometimes we can feel very insecure. In companies, it's like this. You know, I, I don't want to share what I know because then I'll become redundant. In the kingdom, you want to become redundant because God will move you on to greater things and higher things. We're not holding on. You know, one of the things that Word of Grace, I'm so thrilled that we have so many worship leaders. Navaz has raised up worship leaders. We've raised up preachers. We've raised up people to do why. Because we believe in multiplication. We believe Jesus' command to make disciples. Okay? So whatever your responsibility you're handling in Word of Grace, learn it well and pass it on. Multiply. Okay? So succession is very important. Okay, I'm going to go into the last dimension. So write down one thing that you can pass on to somebody else. Just before we move on to that. You know, maybe it is... It is a recipe to cook something, okay? Maybe it is a skill that you've learned. Maybe it is something that you're doing right now, okay? And don't think that, oh, I have a long life to live. No, no, you want to pass it on now so that you can grow, in, in, grow into something else and learn something else, okay? Be more productive and more effective. Okay? In, in, in the church, when we have this Zoom meeting, it's only possible because of so many people who have given of themselves to learn different things. You know, so there are wonderful opportunities even in church to learn stuff 
and to uh, and to grow. Okay, let's move on to income and finances. Okay, now this is the seventh dimension. You know, Jesus spoke more about money than he spoke about heaven and then he spoke about hell. And uh, uh, one of the areas we really need to look at is our income and finances. And, and many Christians don't pay much attention to income and finances. And uh, what we need to do is to say, what, what am I going to do this year that will take me from a five to a six in these areas? And I'm going to just touch on a few of these things. Number one is our income is living below your means is, is what is going to keep you financially healthy. Okay? That means we are not spending more than we are earning. Saving is an important part of of, 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 of living. We need to save something. I want to speak especially to the young people. Would, would you save something? Okay? And, uh, and that, that's important. Okay. The third thing is insurance. Yeah. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to make sure you have health insurance. Because in today's world, medical expenses are so, so high. You know, a few years ago, I was, we were celebrating Jessica's birthday. I was in the kitchen practicing my cooking. I was going to cook something and a glass fell and I grabbed it and it broke in my hand and it gave me a deep cut. Okay. My thumb was bleeding profusely, but being the macho man I am, I just put something there and I said, I'm going to continue cooking. <laughs> I tried that, but it was bleeding badly. And then I went to doctor, uh, doctor, Dr. Koshi, who was still alive at that time. And he examined me and checked me. And then he told me to do something. He said, put your thumb back. And as he said to do that, I almost fainted. And then he said, this is not just a cut. Your tendon has been cut. And I had to be admitted to, be, to the hospital immediately and go for emergency surgery that night and early the next morning. And uh, that cost a lot of money, okay, which we didn't have. But thankfully, because I had medical insurance, God, uh, I mean, that, that, that was covered. And not only that, you know, insurance doesn't cover everything, but just, again, the provision of God. See, we've got to do what we've got to do, and then God also comes in, because the, the insurance doesn't cover everything. And, uh, you know, I was in the hospital for a day or two, and uh, people came to visit me. My mother-in-law was there, and being the great evangelist that she was, she went to the neighboring room to talk to them about Jesus. And she found out that they were also believers. <laughs> you know, in fact, that was a pastor. Okay. And uh, this is what happened. She, she explained, she said, oh, you're a pastor. Oh, my son is also a pastor. And they got chatting. And uh, God spoke to that patient in that room to give me some money to cover this medical expense. Now, how amazing is that? To this day, I've not seen that pastor. I've not met him, uh, you know or anything, but God supernaturally provided, okay? And uh, so we've got to do what we've got to do, and God will do the rest. So I've said there's insurance. The other part of insurance I want to talk about is in our income and expense is term insurance, especially if you are married, okay? So I'm sure many of you may have life insurance, and with life insurance, you get one lakh, two lakhs, three lakhs, something like that, you know, with high premium. But with term insurance, you only get a benefit if the person dies, okay? And the benefit is not one or two lakhs. It can be 25 lakhs, 50 lakhs, one crore, depending upon your thing. And I, I want to encourage you, you know, at, um, 
year before last, one of my uh, fellow pastors in Pune died. He was similar, my age, about 54, 55. And he died and left his family little or nothing. And I realized, what if I die? What am I going to leave my family? I, I don't have savings like that. You know, and quickly I decided to get term insurance and I did that. So in the event that I go to be with Jesus, my family will be taken care of. Okay, so I want to encourage you, especially if you are a husband, to make sure that you have term insurance and that you're taking care of your family. You can even get it for your wife. Okay, and, and do that. Now, people don't know about this, but I want to encourage just throwing that in there. And uh, finally, I want to talk about oh, giving. And part of our income and expenditure we, we want to see is to planning our, to plan our giving. And, and I, I've already said something about, and I'll share about this during the offering, but you know, just as we plan to save, plan to give and say, Lord, help me to be generous. Help me to give more and more. You know? And uh, I tell you, when we do that, God's blessing just flows into our lives. Okay? God's blessing just flows into our lives. And I want to just encourage those of you who are still not tithing. You know, you're missing out on God's great blessings. Okay. And uh, so we've got to plan our giving. The gift day is coming up. And you say, Lord, I want to give generously and give, you know, abundantly towards your kingdom. And so all this requires planning. Okay. So that's our seventh dimension. We'll end with that and say, put down one thing that you can put down and say, Lord, what am I going to do in the next 30 days that will take me from a five to a six in the area of income and finances? Okay. Do I need to start writing down my expenditure? Do I need to expenses? Do I need to say, to say I'm going to save something and put that money aside? Do I need to uh, plan on giving and say, what can I give? You know, do I need to get some insurance, life insurance, medical insurance, term insurance, something? Okay, you can, there are many people in the church who have already done it. Seek our help. We'll be happy to guide you. All right? So we've looked at our blueprint for 2022. Okay? Seven dimensions which touches. It's, it's a holistic development. Every area of our lives. Whether you're a student or you're a grandmother, you can still put something, some of this, into practice. All right? And uh, we'll, we'll, with that, I'm going to just pray. Father, I thank you that you showed us an example in Jesus, that Jesus grew and we also need to grow. Lord, I pray for word of grace, Lord, that in these seven dimensions, Lord, we would see growth taking place. We would be growing physically and mentally and emotionally and relationally and in our income and in our finances and in succession and in every area, Lord, that we would be more and more like you. Lord, we need wisdom from you to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.